Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the show where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host. And with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, everyone. In today's episode, we discuss Season 2, Episode 3, Office Olympics. It's a good one. Yes, it is. Uh, In this episode, Michael gets into real estate. Everyone has an office game. And the first ever Office Olympics are held. So this episode also features our very first cold open. Yeah, which is kind of exciting because the cold opens are some of the most memorable um, aspects of office episodes and some of the biggest memes or most popular memes, I should say, um, come from the cold open. So this is fun to see. Right. Things that are come from the cold opens are Michael yelling no because Toby is back. Yeah. Michael uh, putting his face in wet cement. Right, that is one. Um, the And what is probably the best one is the fire safety one where Dwight <laughs> starts a fire in the office and everybody just panics. Yes. Many a gift come from that as well. Yeah. So in this cold open, we see that Michael gets into the office early. He asks Ryan to come in a little early as well. And Ryan brings him a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. And Ryan asks him, you know, all right, so thanks. Or uh, what What? What did you need me for? And Michael's like, this is, this is pretty much it. <laughs> I have so many questions. There really is a lot to unpack in just a what is probably a minute worth of a bit. Because Michael says he comes in early yep. because he is a night owl and an early bird. Yes. Which that it's. I guess you could be that, but mm-hmm. that means you don't sleep very long. It's be- well, he he has he ex- in in his explanation, he has just a very kind of warped idea as to what those things mean for him. So he yeah. is equating owls with wisdom, which yes. is a which is a thing, but a that's not what a night owl is. And then he says he has worms. Because he's a because he's an early bird. Early bird gets the worm, so right. he just likes cliches, I guess. And right. then I'm like, what time is it? Also, why? Yeah, is Michael coming in early just he, to get a breakfast sandwich? Well, it's essentially just extending the amount of time that he's at work not working. Right. So, and he's a salary employee, you have to figure. So it doesn't right. matter if he's there what early time or he comes not. In. And also, would he not pass a, let's just say it's from McDonald's or, you know, whatever ubiquitous breakfast chain, like, would he not maybe pass one or find one on the way to, on his way into the office? You would think. That's just my favorite part of it because he's, he's like, oh, I have an assistant, but but Ryan's really not even labeled as an assistant. He's just a temporary office worker, a temporary salesman. Right. Poor Ryan. Yes, uh, especially poor Ryan because after Michael says, you know, this is all I needed you for. So you, he says you have a couple hours. I know. So I'm again, six a.m. Like maybe? you said, what time is it? Six thirty. So he says the office is yours. You can just you know run around. You can so home alone. Home alone and uh, risky business. So just take your pants off and and run around the office. You know. 
which is not how anyone wants to spend a couple hours uh, just hanging around an open concept office where they don't have enough to do anyway. Right. So we get another addition to the running joke throughout this series of Michael's attraction to Ryan. Yeah. So he, he, he honestly, when Ryan's like, I think I'm just going to go take a nap in my car. Michael's like almost disappointed that Ryan isn't going to be running around the office in his underwear. And just like hanging out with Michael for right. two or three hours until, you know, work starts. So right. just a lot. And, you know, I said poor Ryan, and that will probably be the only time on this podcast that we say that. Right. <laughs> He's not a very uh, likable character, I would say. I would agree with that. And then... At the end of the cold open, before he eats his sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, he takes the biscuit off and just eats the cheese, egg, and sausage part because it's healthier because it doesn't have carbs. Low carb. Which, again, kind of is, is very Michael of that. It's just like, oh, yeah, carbs, no carbs. Yeah. Now it's healthy. It's yeah, good now. it's like, fine. Forget about the fat. From the cheese and the sausage and all that stuff. Carbs. No carbs means it's healthy. That's very of that moment. Like Atkins For and sure. South Beach and everything. Like low carb, high fat yeah. craze. Uh, so that is kind of funny. Yeah. I I got a, a large combo from McDonald's. But I got a Diet Coke with it. So it's cool. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see the cold open. There will be a couple episodes without it, but for the most part, from here on out, that's what we get to start our episodes, which is really nice. It it feels like we're in the stretch of the office then. Right. It does. It. I agree. It definitely, It you you notice when the, the cold opens aren't there. Yeah, it's, it feels abrupt. Right. Yeah. This episode centers around the office Olympics and what the workers do when they don't have enough work to do, which seems to be pretty often. But what kind of allows us to see that is that Michael is leaving the office to look at the condo that he just bought. And he takes Dwight with him. After some begging on Dwight's part, I would say. Right, right. Dwight very much wants to be seen as Michael's right-hand man and confidant mm -hmm. and kind of the, the guy that Michael goes to when he needs help or he needs a second opinion on something. Yeah. And Dwight describes his role in just a very odd way in a camera interstitial. <laughs> I have been Michael's number two guy for about five years, and we make a great team. We're like one of those classic, famous teams. He's like Mozart, and I'm like Mozart's friend. No, I'm like Butch Cassidy, and Michael is like Mozart. You try and hurt Mozart, you're going to get a bullet in your head, courtesy of Butch Cassidy. So Dwight clearly loses track of a lot of mixed metaphors right he 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 started with one and then he went to a different one but without leaving the first one so we we just kind of get uh, a mashup of those two things different eras different genres 
right. different countries, just two people that would never uh, meet. <laughs> Correct. And so Dwight does eventually get to come with Michael, but as Michael's associate, I don't see how that makes it any better or different in any way. It, it's essentially just another form of the assistant manager, assistant to the regional Exactly. Manager. Truly. And there's not too much to the condo storyline, except getting Michael out of the office. Correct. And getting Dwight out of the office, too, because... Dwight would not have... Yeah. He would not be going along with the activities that transpired in the exactly. office. Exactly. So kind of getting those two. And then we also just see the storyline also presents some more backstory of Michael as a person, you could say. We hear his hopes and dreams for his future, but we also see how much he is not financially savvy, any way prepared uh, in any real way to purchase a condo. For sure. Um, He doesn't understand sort of the real estate lingo. He thinks he only has a 10-year mortgage, but it's, 10-year fixed over 30 years. You know, it's it's sort of your standard mortgage. So it it's a little sad to see, but knowing the whole series, it works out for him. Yeah. You could say. With Michael and Dwight out of the office, this opens up the opportunity for the Office Olympics, which are born out of Jim's boredom. And in this episode, Jim quote, dies of boredom. And Pam says that it is on her to revive him. Mm-hmm. So Jim goes to talk to Pam. And Pam says that whenever Dwight's gone, she likes to try and throw things in his coffee cup. His coffee cup, by the way, is a Lackawanna County volunteer sheriff's mug, which is uh, an ongoing sort of storyline in the early seasons that he's a, he's a volunteer deputy sheriff. <laughs> right. As Jim is introduced to this game, he finds that other people have office games as well. He discovers that Kevin and Oscar have a, an entire paper football league <laughs> that they have been keeping stats for for the last two years. And they call it hate ball because of how much Angela hates it because they play in accounting. Right. Oscar tells Jim to talk to Toby about Dunderball which appears to just be throwing a ball off the wall over the partition between Toby's desk and the area that Kelly sits in. It's sort of like a modified four square, you could say. Yeah. Like a two square with a wall. Right. <laughs> right. Or a combination of four square and racquetball. Sure. It does not, it appears to be just like. Right. Can you catch? That's, it's a that's game the of game. circumstance. That's the game yeah. is, can you catch? Yes. And Jim then goes to Stanley to see if Stanley has any games. <laughs> and Stanley has a really good game called Work Hard So My Kids Can Go to College. <laughs> and I don't know what Jim was expecting yeah, from Stanley. That was very optimistic. Although we do see Stanley play a game all the time, and that's do his crosswords during right. office meetings. Right. He made and sales calls and right. anytime. So Stanley is less rigid than he lets on in the early episodes, I would say. Absolutely. 
this leads to the beginning of the office Olympics. And Jim holds the opening ceremonies in the break area by lighting a candle that he found in the bathroom. <laughs> and Pam had made a banner. Right. So we get introduced to some of the events in the Office Olympics. Yes. The and first one we see is the National Sport of Icelandic Paper Companies called Flonkerton. And this is really the one that always sticks with me um, as sort of representative of the Office Olympics episode, Um, and it's just two people sort of snowshoeing with the paper boxes, and they're wrapped up in the plastic twine, you could call it, as you stick your foot in, and I mean, they're going maybe five feet, three feet. Yeah. Um, Almost the length of the conference room. Yeah, they're in the conference room for this, and... The matchup we see is Kevin versus Phyllis. Yes. And Phyllis wins by a nose. Yes. Another sport we see is some game of horse mm-hmm. that the rules aren't exactly explained, but we see Stanley and Phyllis facing off in this event as well. There is an event of what seems to be guess who comes out of the elevator. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Just a game of chance, really. Yes. And Ryan wins this by guessing that someone from Vance Refrigeration would be the next person out of the elevator. Mm-hmm. We see a game that was introduced to us earlier in the episode, which is who can fit the most M&Ms in their mouth. Kevin wins, and this is also Kevin's own game, as he tried to tell Jim that this is a game that they play, and Angela quickly corrects him. He's like, no, that's a game that you play. <laughs> and speaking of Angela, Angela is very disapproving of the whole thing. Obviously. She makes that very clear when she comes in the kitchen area to get her lunch. Gives everyone a very judgy, severe look. Um, she makes it very clear to Pam When Pam's like, come on, don't you have a game that you like to play? And Angela says, yeah, I do, actually. It's called Pam Pong. And Angela's just sort of being passive-aggressive and snarky and telling Pam that she counts how many times per day that Jim gets up and goes to Pam's desk. Mm -hmm. So that's really planting the seed for the viewer that other people in the office notice Jim and Pam's relationship and and to both of them you know it's just a friendship at this point but you know even if you just have a a friend in the office like people pick up on that because they just see you together or like see you talking yeah and that and that's not problematic but we as the viewer having gotten some talking heads with Jim know that there's more to it than that yeah the final event that we see Appears to be a race around the office while carrying a coffee cup. So Full of coffee. Full, yeah. So the rules are probably you cannot uh, spill any coffee. Mm-hmm. The participants in this event are Toby and Oscar. Yeah. And this event is interrupted when Michael and Dwight return to the office. And so when this happens, everybody pretty much just goes back to doing what they were doing, going back to work. 
Jim, though, is still... You're like, come on, we Like, you're not done yet. Wholeheartedly yeah. in on this. It's really interesting to me that everyone immediately stops because I feel as though in later seasons, Michael has even less authority yeah. <laughs> over people. Um, I'm just thinking about in season five when they're debating whether Hillary Swank is hot or not, and they yeah. don't really... There's not really that immediate stop, let's pretend we're working sort of panic that this induces. And honestly, the only reason that Michael would be upset that they are doing this is that he wasn't invited (laughs) to like participate. Yeah. That'd be the only thing he'd be upset about. Not the fact that people weren't working all day. I cannot see Michael being upset about wasting time at work, considering how he spent all of last episode. Correct. (laughs) In the end, Jim gathers everyone together for a closing ceremony that includes Michael and Dwight. So Jim got to cap off probably one of the most exciting days uh, of his month, let's say, at work. And Michael, and he made Michael feel good about buying the condo Especially, and Jim didn't know this, but especially because Michael had become so unsure and ambivalent about actually closing and signing the papers. Yeah. So Michael gets a gold medal just for having closed on his condo. Dwight gets a silver medal just because, I think. Because he was there. Because he was there. He didn't buy the condo, but he helped (laughs) buy the condo. And then Jim got a bronze slash blue medal. Um just for the sake, I think, of hosting the office Olympics. And Pam played the national anthem, and she made some uh, paper doves mm-hmm. and strung them in the back. And that's how we end the episode. So it's pretty – it ends on a, on a nice high note. Yeah. There is one thing, though, that I thought of while watching this. What's that? So the medals are made of yogurt lids. Yes, yeah, so play yogurt lids, I would say. And – after Michael and Dwight come back, Ryan is seen throwing away his medals. Uh-huh. And he says, I could throw these away now, or I could put them in my desk and throw them away in a couple months. And he brings up that they're made of old yogurt lids. So I was thinking, why did Pam have so many old yogurt lids? I have a theory on that. So there used to be this campaign to mail in the YoPlay yogurt lids. I don't recall when exactly that was. I know it was some point when I was in high school, so it could have been around this time. And it was, it, it wasn't necessarily a refund, but it was like one of those collect so many, send them in, and then you get a t-shirt sort of deals, like, like Pepsi used to have with their caps. Right. So I want to guess that maybe it had something to do with that, and that's why they sort of felt comfortable, because otherwise you would have had to have been like, okay, everyone, you're going to have like four yogurts apiece so that we can have these lids and not waste the yogurt. Um, But that is my guess. Okay. Because... So yeah, I, I it it was just something that occurred to me yeah. during the episode where I was like, oh, that's just a, a weird number of yogurt lids just be hanging around. Otherwise, TV magic. Right. <laughs> Speaking of TV magic, let's go to the annex with Antoinette 
and find out about any fun facts about this episode. So there was lots of little details um, slipped into this episode, which is pretty fun. Um, this is the first time we hear about Dwight's beet farm. It's a family farm, and he runs it with his cousin, Mose. Well, Mose is played by Michael Schur. Michael Schur is one of the showrunners. He's not the main showrunner, but I believe he's the head writer mm-hmm. at this point of The Office. And he's also responsible for other classic NBC comedies, Parks and Rec, and The Good Place. And he's a really smart, funny guy. And he will continue to show up as Moe's throughout the series. So that's a nice... uh, I didn't remember that he showed up so early. It's not that he shows up on camera. It's that Dwight shows a picture of Dwight and Moe's to the camera. Another little fun fact is that Carol, Michael's realtor, is played by Steve Carell's wife, Nancy. And Nancy is pretty involved in Hollywood as far as I know, but her only other on-camera role, and this is without Googling this, I believe she was just a Daily Show correspondent. She pops up in a lot of different things. Oh, really? Just okay. in little bit parts. She's yeah. in a 40-year-old version. Yeah. She is the um, kind of the sex right. ed counselor or whatever mm-hmm. of the group that... Steve Carell and Kat Denning go to. Okay. So she just has lots, of, like she just pops up in, in, in things and she never really has like a big part in them, but she is just kind of a, a bit player. Yeah, that's really fun. And she does reappear a couple times throughout the series um, as Carol. So that's, that's fun to see. And as far as I know, they're still married and together. Mm-hmm. And that's all I have for today's uh, annex. It's also just funny because there's still some randos in the background uh, that we see. We do see Devin and then one other lady in just one shot. Like in the corner of the screen. Yes. One shot. And then otherwise we just have our regular office cast. But Kelly still dresses pretty conservatively. We haven't seen her fully emerge as Kelly Kapoor, the, the... you know, sort of ditzy, uh, celebrity-obsessed person quite yet. Right. So, Curtis, did you have any firings? This is kind of a weird episode for firings because... It is. I wouldn't say that anybody got fired, but really everyone gets fired. It's a lot of severe reprimands. Just if, if If your record was clean... Right. It's a lot of severe reprimands because, one, Michael tries to use... Like a not like he goes he, sales call or something. He essentially is getting paid and not using any time for his trip to go see his condo. Yes, for a personal matter. Because in his words, this isn't this is a business trip because I'm the boss and I need a place to live in order to work. Yeah, so he really, he really manipulates that pretty hard. And then, I mean, I will say, in my opinion, unless you are a teacher or have a, like, super active job, you probably have to waste some time at work sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of people I know that don't. Anyone in the medical industry <laughs> does not really have time to waste. Yeah. Um, it depends. As someone who has worked in the med- medical true. industry, depending on there your, are times. your job. 
Um, but if you're sort of an office worker, you sit at a desk with a computer, there are some downtimes sometimes in the afternoons. So now everyone collectively doing office Olympics, that might be a little questionable. Right. Um, so we will let people off this episode for the sake of this show, but yeah, pretty much everybody would have been fired in this episode. Yeah. Like, you, can, you can waste some time at work. You cannot waste what is probably like amounting to like six hours. to seven hours. Yeah. Like generally the majority of your day. <laughs> that would probably not fly. But then again, when the person who would be in charge of reprimanding for you, reprimanding you for that is going to look at his house, yeah, there's not much that they can do about it. Yeah, it's a tough Tough situation. No hard and fast firings, I'd say, for this week. Right. Do you have any Dundies to give out? I do. I have one Dundee. It's the Dundee Award for the best flash of personality goes to Phyllis. Phyllis has some really good arcs in later seasons. And as we've said before, in the early seasons, we really focus on sort of the main people that are in the opening credits. But during the game of horse, Jim was letting everyone know the score. And he says, okay, Stanley has H-O-R, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Phyllis has H-O. And her like quick response was, are you calling me a hoe? And that's just really fun and hilarious to me because I just think of sort of the the fieriness and the spiciness that she has um, in the later seasons. And she's kind of this quiet, unassuming lady. And she seems like that in real life um, as well. And I think of her and her role as sadness on uh, in the movie Inside Out. Inside Out, yes. And so I think it's a nice flash to put that in in an early season and have that pay off down the road. Right. What about you? Um, my... I have, a, I guess, a co-Dundee or two Dundies to give out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Dundee for commitment to the game is to <laughs> Oscar and Kevin because they not only did they come up with this paper football game, but they kept stats on it yeah. for two years. Yeah. So that, like, this is more than just a time-wasting thing for them. It is something that they truly are committed to and, and are really playing it out. Yeah, no kidding. That it and to sort of keep something on your desk for that long. <laughs> yeah. Who do you have as your employee of the month? You know, it's funny. I have Jim um, because not only did he sort of raise everyone's spirits and just get a collective group activity going, um, he said he also did his expense report in five minutes and closed two sales at lunch. And that was a pretty productive day for him. Yeah. So I can very much relate to that feeling of like, you're like, Ooh, I have literally one thing on my to-do list. How am I going to stretch this day out a little bit? Yeah. So who's your employee of the month? Uh, my employee of the month goes to Phyllis. Uh, we see her win a gold medal in Flonkerton 
and it looks as though she is in the finals at horse. Yeah. So she appears to have the best performance of anyone in the <laughs> office Olympics. So she gets my employee of the month. Yeah, I wish we had seen, or maybe they, you know, maybe they did a digital short at some point of more of just the games. That would be fun. Yeah. So that does it for this episode. Any final thoughts? So we haven't mentioned it on this show yet, but there is some exciting news about The Office. Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, who play Pam and Angela, are going to do their own recap show of The Office that premieres October 15th. Um, So you could say they're competing with our show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They are going to watch each episode, have some insights and just their thoughts. Um, I believe the press release said that some of the episodes they haven't seen since they aired. So if you're a fan of the show or just a fan of The Office in general, you should probably check that out. It's probably going to be pretty good and pretty popular. For sure. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get the latest updates. And continue listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of the podcasting platforms. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. See ya.